0: Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unboxed podcast. My name is Reese and today, um, it's a bit of a weird feeling for me because this is the first day of A levels cancelled, schools out. That's it, sort of, from now until well, whenever. It's social distancing, and the full effects of the government's protocols will be coming into force, so it's sort of a, a weird day. Up until now I'd sort of been just going about daily life relatively unencumbered, and now it's sort of hitting home that there are things that are going to be uh, affecting me, uh, there are things that are going to be affecting everyone. And so I'm going to use this podcast, uh, episode 6 of the Coronavirus Updates podcast, to go over and sort of stress the importance of some of the measures the government are putting in place in the UK and other governments around the world. Um, There will be some probably quite sobering statistics in this podcast, but hopefully by the end of it you'll all be convinced that the measures the government are putting in will be having an effect and that there are ways that we can go about preventing the spread of this coronavirus and ways in which we can minimise the potential impacts on people we people we care about and everyone else in the country as well. So um without further ado, let's start by having a look at the most recent statistics in the United Kingdom about sort of social distancing and uh, all of these these closures. So as of yesterday, pubs, clubs, restaurants uh, all of that uh, will be closed in the United Kingdom, uh, and they will be closed until further notice. So that's uh, one of the the big, um, the, the really big announcements that came out of yesterday's press briefings. Um, some quite sobering statistics from people such as Imperial College London, who have put have put out some reports on this uh, they are putting out some projections uh, and there are various levels of projections ranging from twenty thousand fatalities up to to five hundred five fatali- hundred thousand fatalities if nothing is done um, with a slow spread of the virus, including isolating the vulnerable and those with symptoms. they estimate uh, around two hundred and fifty thousand fatalities directly linked to the coronavirus and those figures. Are shocking. Um, we don't expect to be to be seeing that sort of levels of of fatality rates in such a a developed country with a good health service. Um, of course, in comparison to some other past pandemics and indeed some current illnesses, uh, they are still quite small. However, uh, those numbers are still shocking once you consider how the the virus was initially treated uh, as sort of no real cause for concern when it was first growing. Um, and then, of course, it was latched onto, and uh, now it seems in some media sources as a, a hyper-exaggeration, and others are still underplaying it, because, of course, as discussed in my podcast on the language of politics, all different media sources have their own different angles to bring from it. Um, that Imperial College report, whilst it does say that two hundred and fifty thousand people, uh, under current um, estimates or projections, would die from the coronavirus in the United Kingdom, um, that is still ninety nine point six percent of the population not dying from the coronavirus. So another way of looking at it, there are always two sides to every figure. That's the beauty of figures and statistics, so whilst the raw number is a cause of concern, uh, people could look at the overall percentage and feel, uh, well, that is still a very good level of suppression for a virus that is taking uh, a large percentage of the population in Italy. That is why these social distancing and protocols put out by the government about minimising this uh, social interaction and large group interaction is so important to follow. And this is what I really want to talk about for the majority of the podcast, why people should be following them. Um, At the moment, a lot of them still remain guidelines. Uh, They are not enforced yet by any sort of um, police sanctions or other um, incidents. However, they should be being followed. They are there for people's own good. Those projections from Imperial College London, the numbers go up dramatically if people do not follow the government's procedures and protocols. So by taking into account social distancing, by isolating for seven days if you think you have symptoms, by isolating for 14 days if anyone in your household is tested positive, um, by minimising large group interaction, um, by trying to maintain as much social distancing as you can, and for those in the high risk groups by social distancing and indeed social isolating for, um, I think it was 12 weeks, the advice of the government was we can bring those numbers down. And that is the desired outcome. Of course it's the desired outcome. It's what everyone wants to see. No one wants to be losing loved ones. No one wants to have uh, people put in a dangerous condition because somebody could have taken measures around isolation. Um, These Isolation measures are also not just for the vulnerable, for those with health conditions, for those who are pregnant, and for those who are elderly and reaching above those age gaps. These isolation measures are for everybody. Uh, Young people are not immune to coronavirus. Yes, the risk and the fatality rate is significantly lowered, but there are still harrowing pictures coming out of Italy of young people hooked up, on ventilators because they are suffering badly from the effects of coronavirus. Just because you're in a low-risk group does not mean that you should be taking any of the government's advice lightly. Um, it is not just something people can ignore no matter where they are uh, in the world. This is a global pandemic. It has been categorized as such and it is not right for anyone to be taking lightly any of the measures imposed on them by any government. Um, again, I speak mainly from a UK standpoint, it's where I, it's where I live, it's where I'm recording these podcasts from. Uh, these measures have been put in place and yes, I'm expecting that they will be ramped up in the next few weeks. That is something that we can probably expect. Um, we are not yet anywhere near the levels of the French lockdowns or uh, severe restrictions on movement as well from there. Uh, Belgium, Italy, all of those European countries. We have not yet closed our borders completely. Um, I'm expecting some level of ramping up in the next few weeks. But the thing about these measures is that they are here to protect us from the wider effects of what could be a very serious virus. Uh, All of these measures are designed to take the strain off the NHS. We already know we are behind on testing compared to other developed countries. Uh, Those tests are now being ordered by the government. Uh, we saw yesterday in the press conference that Boris Johnson said he'd be willing to order, I think it was hundreds of thousands or at least tens of thousands of these tests if they are proved to work, and that is good. We need more testing because then we can find out who has um, these antibodies to attack the pathogens, who is already uh, immune to them in some cases, who uh, is susceptible, who is potentially a carrier of um, the COVID-19 virus, and that is good. Good steps by the government. but. Uh, whilst we do not have those tests and whilst people are still remaining untested, it is very important to follow these social social isolation protocols because, again, as I've been saying, as I've been stressing over the past several podcasts, it does not take many people breaking these protocols in order to continue the spread of this virus. Um, All of these measures to stop restaurants serving in-house. They can still serve takeaways because obviously they're providing um, food, which some people um, might be looking to get, and of course it is still a business. But all these restaurants stopping, providing in-house services, pubs, clubs, bars, theatres, all of those closing leisure centres and gyms. Uh, This is all, again, in the UK, but there are restrictions on movement and activity in other countries as well. All of these protocols are there to protect the elderly, the vulnerable, and to stop the strain on the National Health Service. Italy, did not have time to implement many of these protocols before the virus was already um, well into their population, especially in northern Italy, and infecting people at a substantial rate. And we have seen the effects of the coronavirus in Italy. It is not just the fatality rate that we should be concerned about. It is the pictures coming out of Italy of the packed emergency wards, of the intensive care wards, of the people hooked up on ventilators in those emergency care wards. That is the sort of thing that these social isolation protocols can prevent. So please follow them. Um, People who should especially be following them, again, the more vulnerable, but also young people because you will be carriers. People can still be carriers even without displaying symptoms. That's why it's so important to maintain the social isolation protocols and social distancing where possible. Obviously, for essential activity, if it is completely impossible to maintain them, then the essential activity, essentially going to the supermarkets to collect um, foods, uh, would come first. But where possible, maintain these social isolation and social distancing protocols. Uh, These clubs, bars and theatres, they've been shut so that people don't congregate in large places it completely defeats the point of the social isolation protocols if people just congregate in someone else's house um If people do that, well, we may as well have kept all the bars, pubs and clubs open because the spread of the virus will be unencumbered if people continue to meet up in mass groups, if people continue to be vectors for this virus, potentially bring it home to a household where someone else might then go out. Someone else in that household might be um, in closer contact with someone in a more vulnerable category. Perhaps they are uh, a neighbour who is delivering Helping to deliver food round and helping to help the an elderly person next door pack them away into, the, um, into their cupboards, into their fridges. And they could then potentially be a vector to pass it on to that elderly person who is, again, in an at-risk category and could have far more serious repercussions from this virus than younger people. It is not just an old and infirm attacking virus. I said before, we've seen the pictures of young people on ventilators in Italy and also as people can be carriers without developing symptoms, and indeed still actually have the virus without developing symptoms. It is on all of us, as the Chancellor said yesterday, it is on all of us to maintain these protocols, to protect the population as best we can. Um, These will be testing times. It is hard to deny that. Some people will be asked to... Do things and to continue with doing these things for a time far in advance uh, than they had thought these policies and these precautions would need to be taken for. But as I've been saying to a number of people who've contacted me directly, um, saying that this looks like an overreaction from the government based off of the data we have, every reaction to a pandemic looks like an overreaction when it is successful. If people think that measures were taken far in advance of what should have happened, the chances are that those measures were what needed to happen. They just suppressed the virus effectively, or whatever it was, they were able to suppress it effectively, and therefore the levels did not reach, um, perhaps, media speculation levels. This is hopefully going to be the case with the United Kingdom response and responses of governments all around the world. It is hopefully going to look like a vast overreaction. The trouble with that is a response to the pandemic looks like an overreaction when it's successful until it is unsuccessful. If it is unsuccessful then whatever the government will have done will have looked like a vast underreaction so be very careful when calling any actions by governments an overreaction. We have to understand the severity of this virus, and it is severe. There will be far-reaching consequences, and it could have possible uh, life-changing and life-threatening health implications people should not be taking the advice of their governments lightly because they are there for a reason. The chief scientific and chief medical officers of every country respectively. In America you have the the surgeon general and an entire coronavirus task force in France. You have national security councils. and Belgium, security councils as well. In the UK, the chief scientific and chief medical officers. All of those advice, all of the advice from these people is designed to minimize the risk of this pandemic. It is therefore incumbent on all of us to make sure that we follow this advice. There is no point issuing it if people do not follow it. So people need to follow it because it is the right thing to do. It is a social and moral obligation for people to take their social isolation into their own hands. It has to be done. Otherwise, we risk having some of the effects in Italy. Um, Italy has been used as a comparison point for the UK in times. I remember in the first press conference the Prime Minister said we are four weeks behind Italy. We do not want to catch up with Italy ever. And this advice, these measures put in by the government, if they are properly followed, allow us to not catch up with Italy. We will always stay behind Italy. You will not reach the levels of uh, mortality rate, of infection rate and of serious health complication rates that Italy has done. But only if these are followed. And that is why I am stressing again and again the importance of social isolation. That doesn't mean that you can't see people. Um, but maintain the correct protocols. Stay the distance apart if you can. Um, Use video calls. We live in a technological age. There are a number of apps. Skype, FaceTime, Zoom. Any app you can find that allows you to stay in contact and keep things open without potentially putting at risk people who uh, then could become vectors of this virus, please do it. Because it is on all of us. We have to take these steps so that it doesn't spread. Um, Please do follow the advice of the medical professionals in your country, of the governments in your country because together we will come out the other side of it but if people are not united if people are not following this advice then the situation could get worse and none of us want that so that is all the time i have on today's podcast it's been a little bit of a somber podcast but hopefully this advice will be taken to heart by people who are listening um whatever you do stay safe um if there are ways in which you can reach out to people who may be lonely uh, who may need that help, but without putting yourself or other people uh, in the in the risk of becoming vectors for this virus, or uh, without breaching the self-isolation protocols and putting other people at risk, please do. We need to come together by staying apart, as Lelia Varadkar said. We have to reach out where possible, but we have to make sure that these protocols are being followed, because they are based off scientific evidence and um, medical calculations and all the things that can be done to minimize the risk of us following Italy uh, which is now of course the worst affected country in terms of deaths by this in the world. There are things we can do, there are things we will do and there are things we should do. Follow the advice, stay safe, thank you for listening and I will see you for the next podcast. Goodbye.